0: You're listening to Tech Grind, behind the scenes of leading high-tech ecosystems with your host, Nadav Kedar. Hey everyone, and thanks for joining us on Tech Grind. You know, tech ecosystems around the world right now are growing at unprecedented rates. Within that, we hear a lot about the entrepreneurial side of different tech ecosystems, but what about the investor side? What are the challenges they face? Why is understanding the investor mindset crucial for any entrepreneur? On Tech Grind today, we have an amazing guest, Avishai Segal. He is the managing partner of Exponential Growth Partners a boutique, business, consulting, and private placement agency with many years of experience. Exponential Growth Partners helps develop ecosystems around the globe by raising money for venture capital firms, accelerators, and incubators. I want to take a moment and say thank you to our listeners of this fresh podcast, it's our first episode, and we hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, we are here on our first episode of Tank Grind. all right! Today, we will be talking about how funds raise funds. We hear about startups raising funds and ever-growing round sizes. Structurally, most of those are enabled by venture capital funds and private equity. But those funds, they also need to raise money, just like any entrepreneur. That general partner you just pitched to be your lead investor? Her situation is quite similar to that of an entrepreneur. So a quick review on what we have today, we have three parts to our talk. In part one, the journey, we get to know our guest on a personal level, how he or she grew to where they are today. And in part two, the beehive, we understand the challenges of the surrounding business environment. Part three, that's the Superman moment, how everything gets solved. Thank you for having me. Noah. Great to have you here. Um, so I'll let him be shy say a few words about him and what uh, he does in his company and then we'll dive into what we call the journey of how he got here. After that we'll have part two of the beehive which is the ecosystem around what he does and then we'll talk about uh, in part three the Superman, Superman moment um, which is where this all comes together. So, Vishal, stage Okay, thank
1: you. Thank you for giving me the stage to talk about myself. So, hi guys, some of you already know me. Uh, I'm managing partner of Exponential Growth Partners. We're a business consulting and private placement agency. That means that we help venture capital and private equity funds raise funds, accelerators and incubators, and some other Type of deals such as uh, mining operations uh, lithium, gold, diamonds, and the likes. We work globally. We're based both in Tel Aviv as well as uh, Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, today we'll be talking about what it is, you know, for
0: fund managers to raise funds. Before the journey, before oh, yeah. the journey, please. I w- I want our uh, crowd to get quick uh, uh, option to to uh, get to know you a bit better um, before we like dive in. I want to ask you three quick questions. By all means. Okay. So, first one is, um, do you have a book, series, um, or maybe podcast that you usually hear, something that you like? Yeah, of
1: course. Uh, so, first of all... My new favorite podcast would be this one. <laughs> That's for sure. I'll be tuning in. So don't you forget to tune in as well. Uh, one of my new favorite uh, podcasts is actually Halo Bashes, uh, where it talks a lot about options, it talks about convertible bonds, convertible notes, and the likes of very interesting stuff. Even if you're, you know, entrepreneurs uh, that are raising funds for your startup or as a fund or whichever, and you're interested in understanding it better, especially if you want to know how to apply these rules into your fundraising process, you know, to enjoy better equity in your business, then you should definitely tune in. In terms of series, well, I'm finally watching Peaky Blinders after so many years that it's been around. And, you know, I see it as the mix of uh, sopranos on the one hand and on the other. it's a lot more intricate. So Mm -hmm. it's not like Boardwalk. It's not unlike Boardwalk Empire, for example, but there are a lot of business rules that you could understand, Mm -hmm. especially when fundraising. Fundraising is a cutthroat business. Mm -hmm. So it is important for that. And I'm sorry for doing the dark marketing here (laughs) and talking about other series. Uh, In terms of books, uh, well, I haven't read anything specific recently. Uh, in terms of business, but I like the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, For example... You mean uh, yeah, yeah. the, the Prince. Yeah, which, The, the mm-hmm. Prince or uh, Leviathan uh, mm-hmm. by Hobbes. Both talk about, naturally, they're about political science, but mm-hmm. a lot of things could be applied to business. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're raising funds from governments or mm-hmm. government grants and whatever, and you need to understand how they work. That was a different mindset than private investors. So right. it is important to understand the difference. Mm-hmm. So I think that these are must-reads.
0: That's awesome. the So kind of working from there, think about your last week or so. And you know, we, we, we work in such intense uh, environments. I, I mean, I'm sure that our uh, audience as well. And I want to ask you what you did in the last week to charge your batteries. Just like
1: something small and quick. Well, to be honest, ever since you know, COVID-19 uh, hit, a lot of things were either closed or closed for children under a certain age. I have two, two kids, uh, two girls, two beautiful girls. And I need to reinvent myself every week, especially for them. Uh, Because there's only so much you can do by going to that place or the next. You need to, you know, be innovative in the way you entertain them. And by the way, if you're able to entertain children and explain Mm -hmm. stuff to them well, you'd be able to explain everything to anyone everywhere at any given time. That's for sure. for example, we did a lot of, like, science experiments, uh, you know, adding, uh, you know, baking soda and vinegar and create, like, a volcano and adding <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Or uh, I remember that from childhood in the US. Yeah, so, so you do remember that stuff. But it's like, again, the wow factor is what matters, mm-hmm. especially in business. If you're able to wow the people you're talking to, they'll be willing to listen they'll be willing to open their wallets, especially mm-hmm. for fundraising. So, it is important for that. Now, in terms of battery charging, again, you know, the, there's TV, there's Netflix, there's everything. Uh, maybe you're reading. Uh, I was reading a couple of books, especially about, um, you know, uh, Peter Drucker's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, organizational behavior, how to motivate people, things like that. And it is important to also motivate your team at all times. So. Not everything is applied in the real world, especially, uh, you know, in the startup phase and whichever, you know, with small teams, but there are things that are relevant, you know, especially Mm -hmm. uh, producing better EQ and not just IQ, not just looking for performance. I I just read this week about,
0: I uh, I was reading about CQ. Oh, CQ. CQ, uh, cultural intelligence, Q for quotient, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that we're really shifting into those areas, especially, especially, especially today with COVID and all of the, um, the mental hardships that it brings. So I, I highly agree right, with that. That I agree completely. Also, I'm,
1: I'm currently pursuing, this is funny, but you know, I'm pursuing, uh, you know, my master's in business administration mm-hmm. today. I just want you know a little more, uh, you know, skill set, a, skillset, a, be, a mm-hmm. better skill set in yep. general. And I'm doing an international MBA, mm-hmm. so I'm working with people from different cultures. We have people came all the way from uh, Latin America, you know, from Brazil and Argentina. with people from Hungary, with people from France, the States, Britain, Australia, mm-hmm. uh, and India and, and China. Even. So. Each and everyone has a different mindset, but they're to work together as a team. And it's amazing to see that kind of, um, you know, um, a smelting here like a furnace. And it is important also for funds, because some funds want to uh, expand and not just mm-hmm. invest in the local uh, area. And then they don't understand why it works different in India, or it works different in China, or it works different in places such as... In you know, like South Africa or Nigeria or whichever. But the the reason is not everyone is the same. And unless people grew up in the West or have, you know, like Western culture to some degree, uh, you know, like studied, I don't know, at Harvard or whatever, they won't be able to understand you the same way you expect them to understand you, it's, uh, especially for Americans or
0: Israel. I, I, I completely understand what you mean because again from that article um reading um they said something really great that we all take culture as this truth that is around us and then we bump into someone who has another truth and we're both right so that's where the cultural clash kind of happens and and uh i can understand where that comes from so it's it's wonderful with the e- 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 MBA. Um and you know working from there I, I would like to run to go a, a bit back yeah about your journey let's, uh let's talk a bit about how you got to where you are today oh wow uh, that, that would be a doozy <laughs> Okay, so let's start with the
1: time machine. Okay, so I grew up in a merchant family. Uh, My late grandfather was a merchant. My uncle was a merchant for years. My father was a merchant for years. So I grew up with a mindset of understanding, you know, haggling, bargaining, and understanding people's feelings uh, when conducting business. And and when you do business, uh, it's never just business, it's always a cultural thing, how you work with people from different mindsets. Even if it's local, people have like different ethnicities or they grew up in a different household. And it is important for you as a businessman to understand it. So I spend the bulk of my, you know, my years, well, I'm still relatively young, but you know, I, I've spent the bulk of my years trying to understand people better. I, I always, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. well, I'm trying to mm-hmm. I'm trying to be, that's uh, that's for sure. Especially when I'm with COVID and you barely see anyone, uh, you know, you barely meet people and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, shake hands, but generally speaking, yes. So, and I was always fascinated with cultures that were different to mine. Uh, you know, I spent years reading uh, books about the Far East, uh, and people who had experience in the Far East, mostly from people who were Westerners, but had... Uh, you know, a lot of uh, clashes with cultures in the East um, and, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years into high school, we had our first startup, which was a news portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Yeah, we, we had the news portal and even I right. was uh, interested in wow. potentially uh, using what we had, you know, especially our own network and potentially even what, acquire us. That was, are we are area was here? Uh, 20 years ago, wow. to 20, 20, 2001, something mm-hmm. Yeah, and Years ago, I was 16, and, uh, and I, I I didn't know anything about startups, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, I was just there for the journey and, you know, helped with the written word uh, and my way with words. Ever since I don't know forever, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So we started with that, and with the years, especially uh, you know after my service, and uh, you know going to to college and everything, starting for my uh, you know my undergraduate studied logistics and economics, and you know I I was trying to create like something new. We had. We had uh we had an idea, a good friend of mine and myself, in regards to something similar to LinkedIn, we wanted to do something similar, but mostly mostly for a mix of things. Uh, it wasn't just about you know trying to get hired, but how much you get paid. Mm-hmm. This is something that is always a mystery. Mm-hmm. They never tell you how much you're going to get paid. And we wanted like transparency in the business. That was like a decade ago or so. Fast forward a little more. I opened up my first business after doing a lot of uh, biz dev work for different uh, companies. I was also an operations manager at a factory, so I worked in in a good couple of verticals to understand, you know, mm-hmm. more than one uh, business and business entity. Which also helps us today with different uh,
0: types of deals. Uh, so, so how do you make that jump from those worlds into um, the private equity world and all the uh, yeah all, all of that? So,
1: so around two thousand and sixteen, I joined uh, Barlan University's Innovation Innovation Center, mm-hmm. where I met a lot of people, met a lot of startups, and I started understanding what what it's like to run your own business really, what it's like to raise funds, mm-hmm. how to help them. You know, even when you do like the business plan, business plan is cool and everything, but how, how do you actually execute the business plan and how do you raise funds? And this is mm-hmm. something that fascinated me. So I started delving into that. You know, we started out as an ad tech startup and then we pivoted and became a business consulting kind of uh, agency. And eventually, we got to the point where people contacted us, a fund
0: in Japan contacted us, wanted to raise funds. Now, we only worked with startups up until that
1: point. So it was interesting, we said, you know what? Maybe we'll try and apply those rules into that. That wasn't
0: 2016. It's, I, I, ha- I have to, I have yeah, to emphasize but... something here. Because there's this story that, that keeps coming up with, successful entrepreneurs and there's people that that I see that you start off not knowing anything and getting some opportunity and and I think that when you get that opportunity as I'm sure that you have and we'll talk about you jump on that and then you make mistakes and, and from those mistakes you build up and someone else wants your services five people don't want your services okay but you, you 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 step your your um professional abilities up from that from from
1: zero right yeah exactly <laughs> this is what i'm doing today you know with, with my studies also mm-hmm. it's it's symbiotic It's, uh, you know, the studies help me with my business. My business helps me with my studies. Mm -hmm. So every day you learn something new. And it doesn't matter what you think you know and how successful you could be more successful or you could just work smarter. The Mm -hmm. point is never to work hard, but work smart. Even as a startup, you know, uh, when you do like recursion of everything. So you need to understand that uh it should be more of an iteration than a recursion. Mm-hmm. The point is to try and get uh you know better results with Vail each forward. time yeah with mm-hmm. each time you're redoing this because if you get the same if you get to the same point all the time you're doing something wrong. Right. Especially when also uh, uh, you know for funds. Funds raise funds for themselves the same way startups they're being questioned by the same kind of things, you know, how much uh, split there is between, uh, you know, the associates and the partners and the fund. Uh, what's the track record? Do they have any kind of traction? Do they ever invest money themselves? Uh, Investment pieces. Exactly. What's the yeah. what's like the makeup of uh, the fund? Diversity, mm-hmm. uh, even cultural. diversity diversity, not just, you know, gender-wise or non-gender-wise, also what type of people do they have? Is it just like operational kind of people or is it investment experts? Mm -hmm. So you do need the business majors on the one hand and you do need the technological experts on board. And you can't have just these or just these. There isn't a single successful fund that doesn't have a mix of these people on Mm -hmm. board. You also need psychologists. You need everyone that can understand startups well, or you know, uh, growth, growth scale companies in general. Because some funds don't just invest money into startups. That they understand the business. That there's a reason for them to raise
0: to invest in a certain company. So I mean, from what I know from the startup side, you always have to, you you must have this equilibrium between tech and business. When a startup doesn't have one of those, nothing can happen. So if I understand correctly, you say that that's the same thing exactly, pretty, pretty much transfer a fund. Pretty much, yes. That's certainly
1: equilibrium, mm-hmm. and this is something that I also shared. Uh, There's a good analysis by Blue Future Partners. It's a, it's a German Uh, funds of funds and they're pretty new in the business but they have a good portfolio. The the fund's portfolio is the product. That's the track record. That's the traction. Mm -hmm. So even startups looking for certain fund look at the track record of that fund. Did they ever invest in that kind of startup Mm -hmm. before? What kind of success do they see? Are they the anchor investors? Are they just like on the bylines and Mm co-investment opportunities? Because it matters. If they're the anchor investor, that means the ones mm-hmm. anchoring yeah. and pushing forward. So this is something that startups need to understand. That a fund wants to succeed as much as the startups want mm-hmm. to succeed. They have their own mindset. And they have even more pressure than the startups. Because they manage someone
0: else's money. It's yeah. not just invested capital, but it's someone else's money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we, we will dive into that yeah. in the third part. And uh, it's, it's a fascinating topic. I mean, just before you got here, we had, I don't know, like an hour of a conversation just about that and talking about how much we can, we can say about all those things. But we'll, we will dive into that. Um, so just to wrap this part up, um, I want to hop back. To the uh, Japanese fund that you were talking about that uh, hired you to raise funds for them, let's let's do like a quick review of how how that brought you into the uh, world of uh, fundraising for funds, and then we'll uh, jump to our next section. It was really weird because up until that point we didn't touch
1: things like private placement memoranda or limited partnership agreements, subscription agreements, or or term sheets in that kind of way. Even them have their own term sheets from investors. So they do the same things the startups do in general when they fund these. They need to find the right team that can raise the funds for the fund, manage that money, and find relevant portfolio companies for the fund to succeed they won't be able to raise funds for second fund if they don't have any success with this with these mm-hmm. portfolio yeah. companies same thing goes to startups they also have milestones they have to reach a certain milestone before they may raise more money for the funds mm-hmm. some of them are you know like uh what's it called uh like a green venture kind of fund you know they keep raising mm-hmm. money for the fund perpetually yep. usually impact funds but others are there for the next five, seven, ten years. Afterwards, they need to raise money again. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they try to draw the same investors on board as well. So when we were hired to raise funds for the Japanese fund, they were first time
0: fund, they never wow. raised funds before, they had no track record investing. So it's a first time fund, mm-hmm. and you as first timers, that's, that's fascinating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it took us like 18 months to even get okay. the first term sheets. Yes, especially for first-time funds, and this is something that mm-hmm. first-time managers need to understand. Yeah. may take you 18 to 24 months to actually raise the funds. Even with larger funds, we have clients that are like, you know, second, third, fourth-time funds. They, too, are unable to close immediately. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. about you as a fund. Okay? Investors are looking for winners. Okay, the winners are usually GPs, general partners, that they deem uh, worthy of their money. Mm -hmm. So you see oversubscription for funds such as Sequoia and whichever. Why? Because they produce winners and this is like their 10th or 11th or 20th fund or whichever. Mm -hmm. If it's a second or third time fund, even if you have LPs on board that want to invest money limited in. Right? Yeah, the limited mm-hmm. partners, exactly. It still may take time until you close that round. Why? Different reasons. That those LPs yeah. invest in other funds as well. Not just you. And maybe portfolio companies are nice. But I want to see more Xs. Maybe they don't want to see an average of 5X. Maybe they want to see 12X, mm-hmm. 15X, or 20X. They want to see like... I don't know, like 10 unicorns on your portfolio. And if you only have two, mm-hmm. it's probably like savings for a stop. It's very, very similar. And it was an amazing journey.
0: We've been doing it for the past almost four years now. Wow. So we, we have a lot more to talk about in that uh, area. Thank you, Avishai, for this fascinating walkthrough of how you got where you are today. In the next part, we will go into the ecosystem surrounding exponential growth partners. Stay tuned.